like that's when that's when my mom and I started having a great relationship. She sat on my hospital bed. She came in and um, I think it was like um, the next morning and she said, so my, my nickname is Peppy, P-E-P-P-Y, uh-huh. or they would, or they would call me Pep for short. Uh-huh. Um, so she was like, Peppy, I'm, I wish I would have been more aware. I wish I would have said something. I, 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 I had my, my worries about you, but I, I didn't think that it was this bad and I'm sorry I didn't pay better attention. Um, but I want you to know that it's, I don't want you to ever project your future. I want you to <clears throat> understand that if you're here and you're sober for five minutes, that's wonderful. Just go with that first. And then if you're sober for an hour, that's wonderful. And then if you're sober for a few hours, she's, she just basically was saying like, don't ever project your future and just be yeah. proud of like every step along the way. Good evening, or afternoon, or morning, whenever you're listening, and welcome to the very first episode of The Outdoor Social. My name is Tommy Corey. I'm your host. Um, On the trail, they know me as Twerk, or Twerk in the Dirt, uh, for reasons that are probably very apparent. Um, Sorry, I gotta get rid of this fucking radio voice I'm trying to do. (laughs) I don't actually talk like that. Um, Anyway, yeah, thanks so much for listening. Uh, I'm really excited to be working on this project. I've been wondering for a while how I can be a part of helping diversify uh, the trail systems and the outdoor industry. Um, You know, I did through hike the Pacific Crest Trail last year in 2018. Um, I attempted in 2017, did about 900 miles and frailed miserably. Uh, But I... It's funny how much I didn't realize I really loved through hiking. Um, And I think maybe the outdoor culture, um, because it is predominantly white, can maybe seem a little bit intimidating to maybe a person of color or a plus size person or an LGBTQ plus. I, I think they added a lot of letters, I forget. But I'm really hoping this becomes a resource for any person who is part of any minority group or just even anyone that feels different and that they might not fit into the outdoor culture or community Um, because you know what you're wrong you will because uh, it's wildly accepting Um, I am a gay man and I've never felt more accepted than I have on our trail system Um, so I'm really hoping we get some uh, we get some diversity in our listeners as well, and that we can inspire people and make them feel welcome into our community. Uh, I will preface 
that I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing when it comes to recording audio and editing it. Um, I think recording is the easiest part, but I have also found after recording five episodes that it's a little tricky, especially when you're using GarageBand and Skype. Um, so yeah, it's gonna. Uh, I mean, there might be some issues with levels and whatnot, uh, but I promise the content's good. Uh, so if you just hang around and listen, you're gonna hear some good stuff. Um, and I, but yeah, I'm still figuring out how to edit and do all that shit. So, uh, just bear with me. Um, it's, it's gonna be a good time. I promise. Uh, I do have a couple of segments I do on the show, um, to start out with. The first one is called who said it. And I basically stock the, uh, the guests Instagram and I look at their, the people they follow and I take pull quotes from their Instagram posts and then quiz the guest on people they follow and, uh, these quotes. Um, and that's kind of fun. And then I do, uh, you know, not so rapid fire round where I just ask general questions and, you know, kind of get our guests lubed up a little bit for the interview. Uh, if you like that lubed up, that's a, that's, yeah, that's my term I'm using now. Uh, <laughs> um, today's episode is very special to me. Um, it is my friend Weezer. I met her on the Pacific Crest Trail last year or PCT. So I don't have to say that over and over. Um, we met last year, uh, right before we finished the state of California and we're entering Oregon and we got to hike a little bit together and, uh, she was immediately someone I really was just drawn to and really loved, um, just by the person she is. She's very kind and open and honest and, uh, she became a good friend. So I'm really happy to have her on the show and that she agreed to do this. Um, she's also a recovering alcoholic. And, um, we talk a lot about that today. Uh, I have recently gone sober, so this episode I felt was fitting to, um, post as my first episode, uh, because, you know, being someone that's recently sober, I, it's a little scary to start telling people. And the only way I knew I could hold myself accountable was by telling people. So I talk a little bit about that with her in the episode today, um, which I really appreciate her, um, doing this because it was therapeutic for me. We also talk a lot about, uh, her, her mom. Um, so Weezer through hiked last year but just uh, maybe less than 200 miles before she reached the end of the trail, her uh, she found out that her mom had died suddenly. And so we talk a lot about that. We talk a lot about the relationship with her mother, who was also a recovering alcoholic. Um, so some of the content might seem heavy, but you know, we the beautiful thing about this is we're able to laugh through it. Um, and uh, the way Weezer tells her stories is really quite beautiful. And I think even if you can't relate with the things she has gone through in her life, I think you're going to find a lot of value in this episode. So I really, really hope you all enjoy it. Um, so without further ado, here's my good friend, Stephanie Lorenz, AKA Weezer. All right. Well, thanks for doing this. Yes, of course. My pleasure. You're the best. <laughs> you're the best. We we've gotten pretty deep on some of these podcasts, so expect expect some uh, s- some in depth questions. 
if you want anything off the radar, just say so. Um, but I mean, I'm not going to get that crazy, but maybe a little bit. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what, what happens. <laughs> so expect okay. to cr- expect some tears today. That's totally fine. I might cry with you, honey. Um, <laughs> uh, so we, I have a couple segments we do to as more of icebreakers. Um, the first one's kind of fun. So it's called Who Said It? And basically what I'll... It's really fun, actually. Heaps did amazing yesterday. She got all of them right. Uh, P- P- Puma sucked. Uh, <laughs> um, so basically, I'm going to read you quotes of through hikers of people you follow and posts you have liked in the past. And I'm going to read you... It's really fun. I'm going to read you snippets, and you have to guess who it is. Oh, my God. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and if anyone's wondering, yes, I do have a lot of time on my hands. So, <laughs> okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm re- okay. I think we're going to start kind of easy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, day one, one and a half mile hike to the trailhead, rain, hail, storm clouds, amazing views, perfect camp spot for the night, amazing sunset, tough day, but totally worth it. What? <laughs> Are you serious? Um, <laughs> uh, crazy Daisy. No, this is this is one of your friends from last year. <laughs> oh my god, I have friends. Um, oh my god. Um, can you say it again? <laughs> yeah. Day one, one and a half mile hike to the trailhead. Rain, hail, storm clouds, amazing views, perfect camp spot for the night, amazing sunset, tough day, but totally worth it. <laughs> and this is, and to give you a hint, they're back on trail this year. Oh, legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah! <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I like this game. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Next one. Approaching the ridge, the winds picked up. I panicked. My legs fatigued. My pack was heavy. It was so fucking steep. I was scared. Fear. (laughs) (laughs) These are snippets of like long posts. Some of them. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, dang, this is really hard. (laughs) <laughs> like I, can't, I don't know um read it again <laughs> oh my god it's gonna be like a two-hour podcast from rereading it i know okay all right approaching the ridge the winds picked up i panicked my legs fatigued my pack was heavy it was so fucking steep i was scared fear <laughs> Is it Vice? No. <laughs> Who is it? My best friend. <laughs> That's dumb. Oh, God. Of course it was my best friend. I was not even thinking him. Well, no, it's, it's, you gotta, gotta pay attention. Okay. Maybe this, maybe, the, okay, maybe this one will be easier. We'll see. Uh, standing next to this tree, I remember finally feeling like a real through hiker, realizing 
I'd walk through all of the desert, all the snow, all the rivers, and all the all of the NorCal. Matter of fact, at this point, I remember feeling like a complete animal that can conquer the whole world. <laughs> it's an older post. Um, is it dirty avocado? It is. Yeah. All right, one for three. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. Here we go. They're gonna get harder. Quiet. Okay. <laughs> All right. Coppertone is an amazing man, and we were stoked to be able to meet up with him again, especially by chance. If you happen to see him on the trail, you are one of the lucky ones. Oh, my gosh. Can you, like, give me clues as to what years? <laughs> uh, it's this year, but or it's this last year, but they weren't hiking. They weren't through hiking last year. Twerk, this is hard. You like you liked all these posts. You you should read them. <laughs> <laughs> but you said they're like all snippets. They are. Okay, we we just hung out with this person kind of recently. Is it two taps? Yeah. Okay. 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 We're gonna give you a half point for that one. <laughs> okay. All right. Here we go. Are you ready? All right. And if you don't have the support from your closest friends or family, then either prove them wrong or start surrounding yourself with the people who believe in you. Did I say that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For real? That's awesome. Yeah. Heaps got hers. Puma didn't get his own. He was like, that sounds familiar. I'm like, yeah, you wrote it, you dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. I was going to give you negative points if you didn't get that one. All right. All right. I said it. All right. Here we go. We got, got a couple more and then we're done. Okay. <clears throat> All right. All right. Yesterday, I wanted to quit the trail when this started, but I was determined to keep my mind right today. Instead of getting emotional, I focused on trying to find what worked. The knee was acting like it was set to require more weight to activate, so I did my best to put 100% of my weight on it. Whoa. Oh my God. Can you give me any clues on this one? I'm gonna read the last part because I feel like that's the clue. Okay. The knee was acting like it was set to require more weight to activate. So I did my best to put 100% of my weight on it. Yeah, of course. Like who has a knee problem? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. I have no idea. Okay, they're hiking this year. You don't know? I'll just tell you. <laughs> uh, it's Sochi. Wait, who's that? The Oh, PCT Amputee is her Instagram. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. I thought I thought like her referring to the knee would like be a giveaway, but okay, that was a good one. Okay, <laughs> Dang, sorry, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's okay. All right, two more, then we're done. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I was up and almost done packing by the time my alarm went off at five a.m. The plan was to push all the way to Shelter Cove to have birthday breakfast the next morning. Summer felt gone, and it was cold and windy most of the day. Was it, um, 
Was it? Is it Picnic? No. Who is it? Airborne. Dang! <laughs> Airborne! Oh, I love that guy. I know. Okay, last one. Last one. <clears throat> I literally threw down my trekking poles. My eyes filled with tears, and I hugged that beautiful chunk of wood I had walked five months to get to. Uh... <laughs> is, is it blue? Yeah, it's blue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's blue. <laughs> Code red. All right. Oh, my God. I can't believe you didn't throw a hiker box one in there. <laughs> oh, I didn't think about that. Dude, I would have known. I would have known it. Okay. Okay. We're good. Yeah, yeah. He's a man of few words. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he's worth He's got some legit, he's got some good words. No, he does. No, he does. He can write, dude. <laughs> he really can. I know. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. On to the next segment. <laughs> okay. All right. Moving on. All right. Describe yourself in three words. <gasps> oh, my. And some people can't do this right on the spot. So if you can, you could do a couple and then like do the rest at the end and I'll remind you. Okay. So, if you have any. Yeah. Um, brave. <laughs> um, emotional. <laughs> and I guess, like, I don't know, if, like, spontaneous or adventurous or just, like, I don't know. You only get one. You only get three. So you're at four. Since you're gonna have to pick one. <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess spontaneous. Okay, I think spontane spontaneity is just like adventurous. Okay. Yeah. I like that one better too. It's okay. Because nice. every everyone's like, I'm adventurous. Oh. <laughs> I shouldn't even say that. No. I know. <laughs> no, I think I want to say passionate because I'm a very passionate person. I like that. That's a good one, too. I'm very, very passionate. Yeah. Okay. Those are good ones. Okay, great. Um, what's your biggest pet peeve? Okay. This, this is so good. My biggest pet peeve in society is when people leave their shopping carts in the middle of the parking lot. <laughs> For God's sakes, just go put the, go put the shopping cart either in the the shopping cart spot or like take it back to the store but like i hate it when people leave their carts in the middle of the parking lot oh my god you know it's i it's like that doesn't bother me if other people do it but i always take my shopping cart back because i just couldn't handle if like someone noticed me leaving my shopping cart yeah and i like will like yeah and like, even if I like get up to the shopping cart and there's like, they're in disarray, I'll even like put a few of them back in so that they're organized because it bugs me. <laughs> it drives me nuts. I don't even know why, like, but it does. It always has. Yeah, no, that, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you could listen to one musical artist for the rest of your life, who would it be? Holy cow. These are the, these are hard hitting questions. I told yeah, you. Yeah. I mean, I would have to say Bon Iver. Oh, that's a good one. It's it's tough though because like 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 when I'm having a tough time in life, like listening to Bonavere, like 
it just gets a little heavier sometimes and I like get more emotional but it's also just like such healing music for me yeah um I yeah and it's just yeah I'd say definitely Bon Iver. and he's it's... so poetic he's so his like lyrics are just absolutely beautiful he has good bath music <laughs> like whenever I take a bath I'm like oh this would be good to put on <laughs> Maybe that's what I should do tonight. Oh my god. I've taken like two baths already today. I love taking baths. <laughs> do you throw use bath s- bombs? Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, dude. Sometimes I'll throw in two. I'll be like, oh my god, I'm going to be like so smooth when I get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking li- I like this morning after fucking Puma left. I was like, bath bomb, bath, and watching fucking Queer Eye on my iPad. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you did all day? Uh, I went, oh, I went to lunch too, but I left my wallet. So I had to drive all the way back home and I left my iPad as collateral. <laughs> and he was like, you don't have to leave it. I was like, I know I'm coming back, but I want you to know that I'm coming back. Oh, that was really nice of you. Very considerate. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. I've never done that. It's, which is so stupid. Like, obviously I knew I was coming back, but I was like so embarrassed that I left my wallet. Wait, I like thought, you had, you had already eaten your food. I I'd, I'd already, I like sat down. It was like a sit down place. I had like eaten my food and then I, he brought the check and I went to like go pay. I was like, I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And like, I left my wallet at home. I was like, and then I was like, I'm going to leave my stuff here. So, you know, I'm coming back. He's like, you don't have to like, and I was like, no, I was like, keep the iPad. I'm coming back. Can you look? What an admirable thing you did. Not, not really. I, (laughs) I was just, I was so embarrassed like that I had to like come back and like pay i was like i'm so sorry he like didn't give a fuck like at all he was like okay <laughs> was it like how much was your bill like less than 20 bucks it was like 11 dollars. yeah dude like whatever you know like the server probably was just like yeah it'd be nice if you came back but if you don't come back it's not the end of the world you know it's like oh no i honestly probably could have taken my shit and never came back but i just like there's no i would never, never do that. that i know of course not of oh course not <laughs> But like eleven dollars versus your like what five hundred dollar iPad. <laughs> well, I just wanted him to know that like I was coming back. I don't know. No, it's so good. To be <laughs> such an, like honest guy, I love it. I absolutely uh, love that. I was so embarrassed walking back in there though, because like the same people were still in there and they were like looking at me, and I was like, I'm so sorry. And he was like, It's okay, whatever. Like he did not give like two fucks about my life or like me coming back. I could have like I I I should, could have just been like, hey, I'm just gonna leave because I don't have my money. Bye. And he would be like, sure. <laughs> oh my god, that's actually really funny. Yeah, I think he's been working there for too long. I think that's what happened. But yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that happens sometimes. You're yeah. Like, Here you go. I guess I'd probably be in the same position if I was bartending or working a restaurant job too. I'd just be like, no, I don't, I don't fucking care. My manager's just gonna comp it. <laughs> 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 All right, this one's. This one's my favorite question, but I guess it's hard for some people. But uh, okay, who would you want to play you in a movie about your life, like a like a well known actress? Oh wow! Oh my gosh, probably um, probably Kristen Bell. <laughs> Ooh, love her! <laughs> I think that's a good one because she's like very charismatic. And she's a good actress. Like she, I think that would be a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like her. that. Okay, that's and I love Dax Shepard, her husband. Yeah, 
I mean, she doesn't look anything like me, but we can make her look like me, you know? No, she just needs some brown hair. And yeah, no, I think she would do a great job. Uh, that's a good one. Um, all right. The questions are starting to get heavy. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Brace yourself. Are you in your closet, by the way? I'm absolutely in my closet. I'm like, <laughs> sitting underneath all my clothes. and oh my It's God. getting a little warm in here, but we're doing <laughs> I brought some pillows in. I've got my, um, my bubbly, my like sparkling water, you know. I made myself a non-alcoholic cocktail. We'll get to that. Um, we'll get to that in a second. Um, okay, if you died today, how would you want to be remembered? Yeah, you know what? This is interesting. Um, I've thought about this a lot. And you know why? Why? I thought about it because um, my friend passed away when I was 21. Or 22, 21. Yeah. So, honestly, I... I guess I want to be remembered as, like, a person who, <laughs> just a good person, a good, genuine, um, honest, real person that uh, is super positive and has a passion for life and a passion for, um, you know, making people smile, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Twerk, I was a bully. Really? Yeah. No way. I would never peg that. I know. And I, I, I'm sorry. I'm probably going to get a little emotional already, but like I was, I was a bully and I, my mom once told me like she couldn't even count on two hands of like how many parents had called her. Um, No way. Yeah. And it's, I, I like think about that often. Um, because then as I, as time goes on, you know, I eventually develop my own insecurities and my own anxieties and my own dark demons. And so I just like, I just think about all the people that I like said things to that I hurt and God, I don't know, man, it like eats me up inside. So, um, like when I got sober, I was like, I want to be a nice person. And yeah. I just want to be remembered as that nice person, that really good person, but that loved life and like, you know, yeah, she's, yeah, she's just a great person. <laughs> so that's, <clears throat> that's funny that you like bring that up too. So actually what I've been at, a question I've been asking people is what was, so I was going to ask you what's, ba- what was baby Weezer like? Meaning like, what were you like when you were younger? Not uh, when you were an actual like fetus, cause who, who has a personality then, but, um, yeah, no, because I, I think I, I really wanted this podcast to focus more on like everything outside of hiking. And, you know, I'll, I'll, we'll talk, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, your hike and since you're going back and stuff. But I think uh, the trail breeds such like fantastic people or like they were when they went in and they're even better when they come out. And so I just want to I like to focus on everything outside of it. Um, but that's do you where you made fun of a lot as a kid. Do you think that's why you were a bully or? No, I wasn't. Um, I wasn't actually, I think, oh, wow, this is getting heavy. I think the reason, I think I know why I was a bully. So growing up, my mom was an alcoholic Mm -hmm. and my brother was older than me. And then my dad worked a lot. And, um, I felt like a lot of times I was kind of like, I would come home and I was on my own and I had like, I had to, I had to grow up quick. It felt like, like my brother, was off, you know, doing, he always, he was always involved in something. He was very busy. Um, 
so I think I had this like sense of abandonment, sense of neglect, but also sense of like trying to be tough and like grow thick skin to put up with all this, to deal with like my mom, I guess, being drunk mm-hmm. every time I got off the school bus. I had to, I was probably six years old and I was like, oh, I have to come up with my own afternoon snack because mom's not coherent. Um, so I think like, just to like be tough and just to be like, I can handle this. Like nothing's wrong. Everything's okay. Cause my family never talked about it. Yeah. I think I just like, I think that just, I just pushed that onto other people. I, I really think that's what it is because I was never really made fun of like, yeah. Like I was, I don't know. I don't know. I just, it's so bizarre to me, but like, I was not a nice, I was not a nice person twerk. <laughs> That's so weird. I would never think that. I know. But it's also like, I, I, don't, I think as we get older too, it's also like harder. It, it almost becomes ridiculous to judge ourselves for who we were as kids because we're completely different. And I mean, when we get older, we can start to kind of understand why we were the way we were. It takes a long time though, which is really strange. I actually, I, I, for a long time, I really hated my childhood self. I was like, oh, yeah, I was such a loser. That's why I didn't have any friends. Like, I was, you know, like, no wonder, like, kids were mean to me because I was, like, weird and I made stupid jokes and whatever. But I was, like, I was actually, like, a really sweet little kid. Like, I was always nice to, like, other – I was always, like, really nice to other little kids, but I got made fun of a lot. So then I ended up just, like, I would hang out with the few friends, like, who would have me. But I really didn't have a lot of friends growing up. Because I was like, you know, I was like effeminate. I was always smaller than the other boys. So I got made fun of a lot. And like most of my friends were girls. Because girls were really the only ones that were like nice to me. Yeah. So <laughs> my heart. But like, like I wish- that like that like hurts my heart because like I feel like I probably was that person making fun of you. And like I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna I don't wanna feel that. Like that's I don't want to be that. I'm so upset with myself that that's who I was. And you can't, you, but that you can't blame yourself for things you did when you were a kid. And obviously, look what it's turned into. You've, I mean, you've obviously learned from it. You are a kind person. You're very like intuitive. So you can't, you can't beat yourself up over that. I, I beat myself up for hating myself for so many years, even into my adult life honestly like I, I like I now like as an adult I'm like fuck I wish I could just go back and like hug my childhood self and be like you know what you're gonna be fucking fantastic you're gonna like you're gonna follow your dreams you're gonna like meet so many people that love you and respect you for exactly who you are and I would you know maybe slap him across the face a couple times and be like quit your bitching you're gonna be awesome you know <laughs> yeah yeah I like that yeah, I don't know what I would tell my childhood self. Yeah. Probably slapper. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, I think we all, even if we were nice kids, we all need, deserved a little slapping around sometimes. I think being a kid sucks in, in any way. I think any kid that was a bully is, there. it's it's a defense mechanism, you know, because if you're the bully, you're not the one being made fun of. And no one, and like, I don't care how tough you are as a kid, like anyone, no one wants to get made fun of as a kid. You're, everyone's like, everyone's like, you know, you have these like crazy hormones. Like everyone's super fucking awkward. Probably have braces and like some awful haircut to go with it. You know? <laughs> yeah, I had like, I had like zebra highlights. 
<laughs> I mean, it was like a gold and a brown, but like it was like straight up thick stripes across my head. Oh my god, was what is that ombre or? <laughs> no, it's just like not a look. It's just it's just not, it's nothing. That's it's nothing. <laughs> Okay. It's nothing cute. That's... Can we use that? Can we use a picture of that for the podcast episode? Yeah, let me see if I can find one. I'll be home uh, next weekend. Oh my god, that's so funny. Um, <laughs> uh, what, what's the next question? Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> do you uh, do you think there is anything holding you back right now from who you want to be? Um. Yes and no. Um, I think like everything takes time. So I don't think you can really rush into things. Mm -hmm. Um, Timing is everything. So like, I believe that who I want to be like is going to happen no matter what. I just don't know how soon or how, yeah, how long it's going to take. But if there's anything holding me back from like jumping on these adventures or things that I want to really do um it would probably be right now it'd probably be actually money yeah I that's what everyone has said (laughs) but other than that like yeah no I think like that's I I I work to live um yeah I I work to live like a a a spontaneous adventurous um unconventional lifestyle so like you know what I want to do is yeah it's gonna take some time to get some money saved up so that I can start so I can do that so I can dedicate time to do that mm-hmm. but yeah it's gonna happen eventually but it'll happen awesome well that's good to hear I'm glad yeah I mean like it seems like you're I mean you are someone that takes initiative to uh, yes to be a you know a genuine person so that's why I like asking that question to different people though because it, it is interesting to see what people say and everyone has said money uh, yeah, I think it's always like it's everyone's saying money, but that's kind of implied. So it's usually money and then like something else. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's always money, right? <laughs> um, what are you what are you most terrified of? And this is a general question. This is like related to hiking. This is just general. It's a, it's all my answers are very heavy twerk. That's great. No, I mean, like, let her rip, baby. We're here to listen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I'm terrified of getting too comfortable in, in life, in, in anything really like getting too comfortable. What? Oh, like, like, oh, sorry. Like in your job and, um, yeah, everything like work, my place that I live. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess relationships. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I think that's what scares me the most because I have noticed that coming back from the trail and living in society as we all do, um, I I think it's very hard to live completely out of society. Like you, you have to, um, but coming back and then like finding myself doing certain things, um, I feel like I've gotten, I've become a little bit comfortable here. Yeah. 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 And um, when I start to go and do something that either I've, I've never done before or something that I haven't done in a long time or something that I've only done once or twice before, like going to do that is like 
terrifying and I get a lot of anxiety and I get a lot of like darkness too. It's like, what is this? I've never, I haven't done this in a while. But when I was on the trail, like I was so uncomfortable (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that I like was, but it was like the most freeing feeling and like I, the most alive I've ever felt. So I've just noticed that whenever I'm in an uncomfortable circumstance, like I actually thrive. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, give it a little, give it a little bit. Like I thrive, but I just, I'm, yeah, I don't want to get too comfortable in life. I just don't. (laughs) Yeah. That feeling of complacency. It just sounds awful. <laughs> it, no, it does. And I do know, I, I have to say that that kind of goes hand in hand with my addiction is like when I get comfortable, like doing things that are familiar to me, that's when I can slip into bad habits. So I've yeah. noticed that when I'm pushing my, my, my limits and my boundaries and my comfort levels, I just, I thrive, dude. Hell yeah, I love that. <laughs> That's my answer. No, that's a great answer. Um, <clears throat> and on that note with your addiction, obviously I want to talk about that because um, I'm someone who's going sober right now as well, or I guess have has gone sober, but I feel like it's still a process. So I keep saying going sober. <laughs> I, I don't know how to actually say it. Um, Proud of you, Twerk. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I went to actually, yeah, last night me and Puma went and hung out with a bunch of my friends and everyone was drinking and I played drinking games still, but played with soda water and actually had a bunch of fun. And it was actually, honestly, it was actually really easy. I I was really surprised. I'm sorry. It's weird. I think there's a weird paradox (laughs) with it because you're like, you know, like for me, I like hit this point where I was like, wow, I feel like shit about myself. Like, I hate how I look. I hate how I feel every morning. I hate putting on a shirt. And even if it's like kind of tight, I feel like no one's, no one else is noticing those things except for me. Right. You know what I mean? That's, it's so stupid. Um, But you're the one, you, you matter. And like what you think of yourself. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like, um, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, if, if you shine, everyone else in your life is shining. And I, meaning like, you treat people better when you treat yourself better. Um, and I, yeah, exactly. And I just don't, I don't know. I, I think it, this was the perfect time for me to stop drinking because things are really good right now. I mean, we talked about this the other day, but obviously off the radar. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, and th- things are really, really good right now. And I just, I figured, why not do it now when life, when I'm not at a rock bottom, um, you know, because it'll be easier. And it ha- it's actually been pretty easy. Um, I-, I find I miss drinking most when I'm like cooking. Like, I'm like, God, I just want a fucking glass of wine right now. You know, like I love drinking wine while I cook. That's like my thing. But then, you know, like I open a bottle, I'm like, well, it's going to get go bad in like a day. So I should just drink the whole thing. And then I'm like, you know, fucking hammered by myself. I'm like, cool. Like, 
watch a movie and then like the next day I wake up I'm like what the fuck happened in that movie like, yeah. <laughs> like what actress you know, was even in do you that? Know that that's what I used to do I used to do that too I used to do both those things but the what the only time I had seen wild the movie wild was when I was I was so hammered and I remember when I decided to hike the PCT oh everyone's like have you seen the movie and I was like you know I think <laughs> I've seen it but I'm not really sure <laughs> you know <laughs> I I don't know why, but like that is the one movie I remember being like. I woke up the next day and I was like, "What the fuck just happened? Did yeah, I watch like, that movie?" I, I think I remember something with like heroin and a gangbang behind a restaurant, but I don't really remember. I could be making that up. That could have been a bad dream. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I think it's really ironic that that is one of those movies that I got hammered. That to. is funny. I, you gotta rewatch it. You gotta rewatch it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't even know where I'm going now. Uh, yeah, no, it's 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 been. I find like it, it was really easy to be around a bunch of drunk people. I was like, oh, I can still like hang out and be fun. So that was nice. So I noticed, like for me on the trail, um, it was actually harder. And I hiked mostly around people that didn't get hammered in town. I hiked, I hiked around people that would just like have like a couple beers maybe. Yeah, yeah. And I found it was harder to be around that than it was around people that were hammered. Um, because people that were hammered, I would, I was always like, Oh God, like I don't ever want to be that person again. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Like, yeah. If you like being around people who are actually responsible, responsible about it. It's like, Oh, that looks like fun to have a couple beers and then like chill out. Yeah. So exactly. do you think, um, that's actually one of my questions is, do you think being sober on the, you know, on a through hike, do you, for you, was that easier or harder? Um, and that could be in any aspect. Like, I mean, like, I feel like it might be easier physically, you know, if you're not drinking and then like hiking out the next day, but, um, yeah, like socially. Yeah. So actually like, so just so you know, Turek, like I, when I decided to hike the PCT, like I made a list of like goals or purposes of like why I'm doing this and like hiking the PCT was very much an intentional layer to my recovery having that be a goal or a, an intention or a purpose for this hike for me like it wasn't really like yes of course there were moments definitely in Tahoe was tough um, yeah yeah, I mean, there was a couple other spots that were a little bit challenging, like some trail magic places were tough because sometimes oh, they didn't yeah. always have they didn't always have like a bunch of soda or they didn't have any soda. They just had beer sometimes. Um, <clears throat> not always. Most times there was another option, but there were some. And anyway, so like there were moments, of course, like that's with anything in life. You're always going to have moments of, of struggle or or doubt or whatever weakness uh -huh. um but for the most part like because this was this was always in the back of my mind I actually carried like the list with me um to pull out whenever I was having a bad day to remind myself of like why I'm out here what am I doing out here so really no like I would say overall because <clears throat> it was my goal to go out there I also like, you know how you envision you, any, anything that you set out to do in general in life, you always have like this, you, you have a vision of it before it happens or while it's happening, you know, like how it's going to end or how it's going to go. And, um, I just thought I knew that September, uh, well, Labor Day technically is the day that I hit my rock bottom. 
or mm-hmm. not, yeah, Labor Day. And then September 1st was my, um, was my, like, would have been my one year, 365 days. So, like, this whole time I'm thinking, like, oh, I'm going to reach, I'm going to be on the trail when I hit these anniversaries. Yeah. So, like, I just, I just keep reminding myself of these things. Sometimes you have to dig really deep to stay sober. Like you just have to dig. You have to remind yourself of certain things that so that you don't go back down that path. And those were things that I had in my back pocket to remind myself to stay there. So generally speaking, I would say it wasn't super hard for me, but that's because that was my intention was yeah. to go out there and to be sober and to just fucking heal, man. Like yeah. I went out there to heal my life emotionally, mentally, and physically. And damn, it was working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh about it, but it really, like, I'm a different person. I just feel, I'm just so grateful to be who I am today, sober yeah. and nearly a through hiker, you know? <laughs> <clears throat> I think you are. <laughs> but <clears throat> Uh, I have more questions about that towards the end because I feel like that'll be more towards an ending segment. I want to kind of elaborate a little bit more on um, alcohol. But uh, what was? <clears throat> can you explain your your rock bottom? Like what? What was there like a final instance when you were just like, I'm fucking done. Like I can't do this anymore. What was there a long progression? Was there like a long like, like a year where you were thinking about it? How how does that go? Okay. It's heavy. It's really heavy. Give it to me, baby. Okay. All right. So um, it was a process, of course. And it was actually, I think I just actually wrote this on one of my Instagram posts. So July is a really, June and July are tough months for me, but definitely July, because that's when stuff got really, really, really bad for me. Yeah. So um, that summer leading up, so I, I hit my rock bottom on a, on a, um, on Labor Day, so Monday, the first Monday of September, and a lot of stuff was happening. Like, I was a bartender, but I was also in school to be, I was going back to school, so I already had my bachelor's in journalism, but I was back in school to become an x-ray tech, but I had to finish up some prereqs first, so I was just taking, like, one class, and then I was a bartender um, full-time, and I was drinking every day, but I was also... (laughs) I was in a relationship that was not very good. Uh-huh. It, was, it was, it was pretty bad, pretty bad. Um, and I had all these like suspicions of what was happening. Um, but I was also very not, I was very clouded, unclear. Like I drank literally every single day and half of it was just to like numb the pain of like the reality of what was happening in my relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the other half was like, this is my habit. Like I work at a bar, like I drink with my regulars and this is what I yeah. do. So, um, yeah, as time evolved, the relationship escalated and got pretty bad. Um, bad in the sense of like there was blackmail, manipulation, wow. um, cheating, um, and physical abuse at the end there. Um, and so I think trying to cope with the way I was being treated and the 
this relationship of like who I thought I, I literally thought I was going to marry this man. Like I was in love with him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was so brainwashed too. So how long had you been, had you been together? Two and a half years. Okay. And were Um, you living together as well? You were not. We we were not. Mm -mm. Nope. Um, so I guess he's like your perfect example of, or the, the word to describe him, I should say, is a sociopath. So like very much like a charmer. So like if you were to meet him, if people were to meet him, like he, he would charm you. Like he would, you know, sweep you off your feet. And even like he fooled my friends, like my friends loved him. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he's got like no emotion, like no feelings, like can hurt you, destroy you in every way possible. And he doesn't feel that like it doesn't, that's just the norm and then he'll anyway so it just got bad um (laughs) I just kept drinking (laughs) I was like you know what this is awful but I'm just gonna keep drinking because I don't know anything different but it also came to the point that I was drinking every day that I had the I had the tremors so like I could not um I actually couldn't stop my my hands would not stop shaking until I had and I'd actually take at least two drinks so um, one drink didn't even cut the shake. I had to have two drinks at least by minimum to cut the shake in my hands. Like in the morning? Yes. But sometimes I would wait. I would just try to like wait until the afternoon to drink. But I, if I got till 2 p.m., like that was, that was pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, all of this, you know, just stacked on top of each other, like the stress the just everything I was emotionally mentally physically completely unstable like as unstable as they get man like it was bad and then finally I woke up one day with excruciating side pain and I had a exam for my class the the following day so it was it was that Monday and on Tuesday I had an exam so I was gonna go and study all day long I couldn't get out of bed I was Uh throwing up nonstop, um, and couldn't stand upright. Like my, my side, my right side, I think it was my right Uh side was just throbbing. And I was like, what is wrong with me? So I tried to sleep it off. Um, finally I like, and I also tried to get a hold of the guy I was dating, the, the, the bad man. Um, and he, he replied early in the day, but then he didn't reply later. And obviously he was with his, his other girlfriend at the time. So I ended up, I tried to contact people and no one answered. And I thought he, he, had, he knew I was sick uh, or not feeling well. So I asked him if he could take me to the hospital, but he didn't reply. So I took an Uber, man. I took an Uber to the ER. Oh my gosh. <laughs> because I couldn't drive. I couldn't sit upright. And I got there and I got some ultrasounds, got, they gave me some Dilaudid, which is, what's that? That is like the strongest pain medication out there. Shit. Um, they gave it to me and I like stood up and I was like, oh my God, I feel so lightheaded. And the nurse comes running and she's like, sit down. And I was like, okay, I don't feel very good. She's like, yeah, "Yeah, well you got to sit down. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. They just did all these tests and then they learned that I had pancreatitis. Um, and so pancreatitis is, is a pretty serious condition. Um, I think 
the doctors would always try to tell me like if you get if you keep drinking you'll get pancreatitis easier and then you people die from pancreatitis like yeah. you need your pancreas to live so like I don't know if I would have been a case you know the first time I guess the enzyme in your pancreas should be between like I want to say it's like 30 and 100 or something and my the that enzyme is called lipase and my lipase levels were over 1200 oh shit so anyway I was hospitalized for four days my parents had to come and talk to me and they were I mean I think my dad was disappointed but also that's when I had a heart yeah worried (laughs) and just like wow what's going on yeah that's even worse you know what's bad when your parents are like we're not mad. We're just disappointed. You're like, oh, fuck. I fucked up this time. <laughs> Seriously. And my mom, though, like, that's when that's when my mom and I started having a great relationship. She sat on my hospital bed. She came in, and um, I think it was, like, um, the next morning, and she said, so my, my nickname is Peppy, P-E-P-P-Y, uh-huh. or, they would, or they would call me Pep for short. Uh-huh. Um, so she was like, Peppy, I'm, I wish I would have been more aware. I wish I would have said something. I, I, I had my, my worries about you, but I, I didn't think that it was this bad and I'm sorry. I didn't pay better attention. Um, but I want you to know that it's, I don't want you to ever project your future. I want you to, <clears throat> understand that if you're here and you're sober for five minutes that's wonderful just go with that first and then if you're sober for an hour that's wonderful and then if you're sober for a few hours she's she just basically was saying like don't ever project your future and just be proud of like every step along the way you know like I'm proud of you that we're here and we'll do everything that we can to support you but you know was she sober at this point Yes, yeah. she was. How, how long was she, um, had your mom been sober? I want to say it, it's not really like super clear. Um, mm-hmm. But I want to say at that point, she probably had at least five years maybe under her belt. Okay. And then did you, um, did, did you ever drink in front of your family? No. I mean, I would have like one or two beers in front of them. Like, but my mom was an alcoholic so like we didn't we never had alcohol in the house and then my dad doesn't drink he doesn't really drink at all like he'll drink maybe like a bailey's on the rocks at christmas or maybe like our neighbors had a pool growing up we'll be down there he would have like two coors lights and he would just be or coors banquets actually and he would be Uh, drunk so like he just doesn't drink so it wasn't like a thing that we would i would do around my family no not usually so everything that I was doing as, as far as drinking goes, like they, I would hide it from them. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Like they, they knew I would drink, but they would have no idea that I would drink that my, uh, much. My, <clears throat> my, I call her my aunt, but it's, it's my parents' best friends. Um, but she, she's been sober, t- sober for 26 years. And she said the same thing as she would. That's when she knew it was bad is when she was hiding when she was drinking when she would disguise it. Um, yep. Yeah. yeah. It's true. So after, uh, so after, you know, you were hospitalized, um, were you sober from then on out or did it take a little bit more time? So honestly, the hospitalization saved my life. Um, 
And I say that for a lot of reasons, but what happened was I was living in Milwaukee and I was bartending in Milwaukee. I was, a, that's where my the relationship was Yeah. because, because I hit my rock bottom in Milwaukee. My parents lived an hour and a half from Milwaukee and they were like, Nope, you're coming home. You're moving in with us. Um, you're quitting your job. You're dropping out of school. You're, we're going to figure it out. And I was like, oh, well, I don't really have a choice, but all right. Yeah. 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 Moved into their basement and um, went to outpatient rehab, was unemployed for like four or five months. Um, it was the, God, it was the worst four or five months of my life because it was just so fucking hard. So hard. Um, mm-hmm. But yes, I was. That's when it, that's when it began. That's when my recovery began. Um, of course, in the first like two and a half years, I had a couple of relapses, but they wouldn't last super long. Mm-hmm. Like they were maybe like two days um, or one day. Um, but yeah, like, and that's, and then that's also why I ended up moving to Colorado um, was because I just. You had to get away from it. Yeah. I didn't foresee myself being like sober long-term in Wisconsin. So yeah, you needed, you needed to new scenery and just, yeah. feel like you were, you know, maybe progressing as a person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how, how long were you in rehab? Um, so I did outpatient rehab, which means, um, that I go, I went to rehab four days a week for three hours each day with just like a therapist. Yeah. It was like yeah. a group, but yeah. Oh, okay. A, there was a group of us and then, yeah. Um, so that was, uh, six weeks long. Okay. Did you ever go to, uh, like, uh, AA meetings? No. No. I mean, I went to two AA meetings in rehab because we had to go, but yeah, it, it's not my thing. It's just yeah. not. But I did go to Refuge Recovery, which is another um, group, support group. And Refuge Recovery is something that I, I personally would, I do identify more with. Um, it's kind of more of, like, having, like, a that Buddhist thought behind recovery in a sense of being present and, um, you know, serving gratitude and yeah, it's just, I feel like AA kind of, it's not associated necessarily with church, but like a lot of meetings are at churches and I don't know. It just, I just didn't identify with it. It's just not me. Yeah. I hear a lot of AA is, uh, revolves around, um, religion. I think I'm not sure. It's just, it's just like, do you ever just like go somewhere and it just doesn't feel right? <laughs> or meet someone, you just meet someone and you're like, that just doesn't feel right. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's how I felt with AI. I was like, this just doesn't feel right. <laughs> did you, um, did, in, when you were in the outpatient rehab though, did you, uh, uh, were you able to make any connections, like make any friends that you could talk to after the fact? Um, no, no, <laughs> that sounds so mean. Um, no, I mean, I, I talk to people in rehab, like I, you know me, I'm going to talk to everyone probably, yeah. but I just, <laughs> I don't think, yeah, no, like that's not, that wasn't a place for me to meet someone long-term, I guess. Um, I do have good friends that are in recovery or are going through that time where they're, 
you know, trying to get sober or whatever it might be. Um, AKA. Oh, you twerky. Yeah, dude. Yeah. (laughs) You're one of them. Yep. And I guess, I I guess I'm, I'm glad I'm meeting people now uh, along the way. I don't think rehab, like you're just like, most of us are just like really just trying to get sober, like fresh, you know? So it's like a tough place mentally and emotionally. So no, <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> yeah. Nah. Uh, half of us were alcoholics in my rehab, and half of us were recovering from heroin. Gotcha. Okay. That's pretty much what my group looked like: <laughs> heroin and alcoholics. Yeah. My uh, <clears throat> I think I told you this on the phone when we spoke the other day, but my, uh, I I kind of love this story, and my uh my aunt uh, she's just she's the coolest fucking person. Uh, she went to AA for a couple of years and, um, a girl had shown up to one of her AA meetings who had a, I think a meth or heroin problem and was trying to, you know, get clean. And, uh, the group had kind of ostracized her because they were like, oh, this is, you know, for alcoholics. And that's when, that's when she left AA cause she said, that's not right. You know, like someone, someone's seeking help and seeking a community and you're, you're not welcoming to them. And I thought that was pretty cool. And that's when she left AA, which I thought was pretty cool. So, uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to join, if I'm personally going to join a group, I think I wanted this bad enough for myself that I'm like, I don't think I like need a group. Also like, yeah, I don't know. Like I'd rather share my feelings with like people I know. (laughs) Definitely accountability for sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. For me, it's for me, really, that's what it is. It's like, you know what? I I think I told you, like, I was going to wait a month and like try to do a month sober by myself and then like and then tell people. And I was like, fuck, I'm never gonna be able to do that because like no one's going to know. So it would be so easy for me to just like go get a bottle of wine and fucking chug it while I'm like, you know, making tacos. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, I don't think. Yeah. Accountability is the way that's the way I go. I mean, that's really yeah. what I do, but I'm not going to disregard AA or disregard any sort of support group. Like that's it's, yeah. everyone's recovery is, is totally different. And I, I think it's just important to acknowledge what works for you. Yeah. Um, actually for the longest time, I, the, I didn't even have a therapist for the longest time when I was in Wisconsin, my only therapy was running. I just ran. <laughs> oh, I hate running. <laughs> <laughs> I miss it. But yeah, I would just go for runs and I would talk to some people, but now I talk about it way more. And now I feel like now that I like talk about it more, more people come to me and talk to me like you, you know, and I, I yeah. just, I love that. Like, I absolutely love that. If I can be a support to any of my friends and help them get through, I mean, that I feel, I, I feel like that. I just feel really good. I feel like that I'm serving a purpose on this planet because I, of all those people I bullied when I was a kid, you know, I just want everyone to be happy and spread that light and love, I guess, you know? Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, when you, I, you showed me a photo of yourself um, the other day of when you were at, probably at your heaviest, I assume. How many and how much do you, or you don't have to say how much weight you weigh now. Okay. Like, that's like okay. A oh, okay. I was like, wait, maybe that's not a question you ask a woman. 
No, I'll tell you. Yeah, um, in that picture, I weighed 170, and now I weigh I weigh 135. Okay. And that that's about the weight I should be at is between. Yeah. Because we're about the same height, or you're a little bit taller than me, I think. How tall are you? Five five. Oh, okay. You're an inch taller than me. Whatever. <laughs> what up? Uh... <laughs> I, that that picture is crazy. It doesn't even look like you. Well, and yeah, I know. That's absolutely wild. Um, that weekend was a rough, I mean, I just blacked out that entire weekend, but that's yeah. a lot of that. Like, yeah, I was a little heavier, but a lot of that too is just like, I'm just bloated. My body yeah. is just literally bloated from all the yeah. booze. Yeah. I already feel like I'm losing weight too. <laughs> yeah. You'll see like, you'd be surprised. I mean, because even like when you drink, like you're not you get you get drunk or you get a buzz like you're not then you're not mindfully eating you're not consciously eating you're like yeah you're just like putting food in your mouth and totally. so I mean that's how I was and so yeah like it's not even just all the calories from the booze I mean it that's definitely a huge part of it but it's also just like you just eat because I don't know that's how I was yeah I don't know. It, were you um these are, I guess, maybe some, these are maybe just kind of personal questions too, uh, for me <laughs> that I want to know. Were you exhausted, like, your first, like, few weeks being sober? Yeah. Because I, I, this last week, I have been so tired. I haven't, dude, wheeze, I haven't done shit. Like, I literally, the first, like, when Puma came to town, we, like, we, like, the first night we just, like, stayed at my house and cooked. And we went and got, well, he got a beer and I got, like, a mocktail at the bar because I was like, I have to get the fuck out of my apartment. And then yesterday we like went to lunch, went to a movie and then like went and hung out with my friends. And I was like, okay, finally I feel like I have energy again. But the first week I felt fucking exhausted. Yeah. Like, like I literally sat, I was taking baths. I sat in my bed all day, didn't get any work done. Just watched, you know, a shit ton of Netflix. Uh, it, I mean, it felt nice, but I was like, I've never been this tired. Are you, was... are you getting sleep? Because I do mm -hmm. know that the first like three months, like I was not. I couldn't sleep. Like I, I didn't sleep. My sleep. The last two nights I have, uh, slept very, uh, slept very well before that. It was like, I was going to bed at my bartender hours, like two, 3 AM, which I don't go to bed that late anymore. I go to bed at like at the latest midnight, one o'clock if I'm like working and I like need to get shit done. But, um, yeah, I've been like, I've been kind of had some, I've had a little bit of insomnia, but the last two nights, uh, maybe just kind of by proxy, but I like last night I felt exhausted just like after like being at the at the party, and so I was able to sleep really well, and the night before that as well. But yeah, I think like I don't think your sleep. I think your body's just completely. Your body is totally adjusting. Like it was used to one thing happening. W were you drinking mostly almost every day? Uh yeah, I think that's just a big uh, reason why I quit. Was I was thinking of like, fuck, when's the last time I like haven't had a drink? And it, and it had been since the trail. Yeah. So just, just think about that twerk. Like, like you've been doing one thing almost every single day and that's what you know. And now you're completely changing that. Like, yeah, yeah. your body's going through a dramatic change. It's probably a little confused. It's probably very confused. It's just <laughs> like the trail. You know? It's like, wait, why aren't we having fun anymore? Yeah. Please. So yeah, just just be kind though. Like, be really kind and gentle to yourself because this transition is the toughest. I really yeah. believe that, and it's it, it it doesn't happen overnight. 
Yeah, I I made the drastic change. I'm going back vegan for a little bit too. I figured it'll give me like an extra something to. I w- I was a vegan for a little bit. Um, yeah. So I think it'll be an extra. I love cooking, so I think it'll be like a nice way to like challenge myself when I cook again. And although last night it's so funny. Last night I made like vegan tacos at my friend's house, and then uh, she had made all this chicken and kebabs and stuff, and I saw the chicken and I just went and grabbed it and started just gnawing at like gnawing into it because I've been so fucking hungry going vegan and Puma looks at me he's like I thought you were going vegan I was like oh my god I totally forgot <laughs> so it's like it's I think it's gonna be more like I'm gonna try to be vegan and if it doesn't like I'm not gonna beat myself up because at least I'm eating healthy and not drinking Perfect. yeah I was gonna say that I was like don't just be gentle like it's I'm I'm glad that you're doing that I really am but like I do know that any transition of like cutting especially cutting like alcohol out of your life like god just one step at a time you know like it's okay it's okay if you're gonna eat a piece of meat it's okay if you're gonna eat some cheese like but yeah of course be intentional about it and try your hardest um totally i just want to like eat healthier in general for sure absolutely and for me everything was in in steps i took honestly my transition was pretty like slow going i think well I don't know. Some people, someone just told me the other day, they're like four years ago. That's what you looked like. That's not a long time. And I was like, I feel like it's been a long time, but yeah, I don't know. Well, I'm proud of you, Twerk. I'm really proud of you. And I'm really excited for you. I, I, I get like chills and I get like, I get stoked. I don't know. I just get like pumped for people when they make a decision to change their life, um, for the better, whatever that might be. Um, and for them. And I, I think, I think what you're doing is obviously really hard to do but um I think you're gonna you're gonna really reap some big rewards and you're gonna be really excited about it and gosh like look at you like we just had this conversation less than a week ago and and I feel like you were a little hesitant on you know whether you were gonna share or not I think you you were ready to but I Mm -hmm. I think it's like once you do that it's like well now you're going to be held accountable for sure. And like, look at it. You're just, I assume you, I assume you mentioned it to Puma. I assume you mentioned it to heaps. So. Oh yeah, no, of course. Yeah. Uh, pretty much I've been, I've called the few people I needed to like tell. Um, but, uh, yeah, I haven't told everyone yet, but I'll probably do that this week. You know, just be like, you know, especially with trail days coming up, I don't, I've already had hikers being like, oh, I want to like, let's have beers when you get here. I'm like, no, I'm like not drinking. (laughs) You know, I just don't, not that like, I mean, I totally don't, I actually love telling people no in any instance. I don't know why. Just like, you know, like being a bartender and someone's like, can I have it this way? I'm like, no, you can't, you know, like it feels good (laughs) to reject people. (laughs) So, so it'll be nice to be like, I, I can't wait to like make people feel uncomfortable too and just be like no I don't drink and then just like leave it at that not answer any questions (laughs) I just think that'll be kind of fun yeah that would be fun I had a tough time with that but I wish I would have owned it a little bit more like now I do now I'm like no I don't drink and people are like oh you don't and I'm like no (laughs) yeah why is that so surprising to you it was really nice last night too like after I told all my friends like hey like let's I want to hang out with you guys before I leave I'm just letting you know I'm not drinking right now like I just I need this break and not one of them offered me a beer or I, my friend offered me a beer because he forgot. Uh, and I just said, and I was about, I was like, Oh yeah. Oh wait, no. Yeah. I'm not drinking. Like I, I like it completely forgot. I was like, I'm really happy. I didn't like take it. 
but but no one was badgering me like i was like i still want to play the games like i'll drink with soda water if that's okay and i was like yeah of course yeah so it was like a lot of, i had just as much fun as i would have if i was getting drunk too that's when you crazy. know you have like a good you probably have some good friends is the people that like don't even question they're just like okay and then they just move on it's like yeah. great like good for you like you know do you want a soda water yeah yeah i was super worried that i wasn't like i was worried that i like wasn't gonna want to like participate in things uh but then i was there and it felt i don't know like that's what i do when i go to parties is like i like play the games i like hang out i'd like socialize and i was just doing the same thing that i would do if i was drinking uh and it was and it felt normal like it just felt fine like i'm just not drinking and i i think i was just like getting in my head like people aren't going to think i'm fun anymore like people are gonna think i'm like boring and not funny or i don't know i was just getting in my head that people were gonna like like think i'm stupid because i don't drink or i don't know like it's it's which is the dumbest thing yeah we had that conversation and it's yeah it's crazy like you just get in your head about stuff that's yeah. completely unrealistic sometimes so unrealistic yeah i guess we already kind of so the next question was like yeah what were you like as a kid i guess we kind of talked about that um do you did you like what was your family dynamic like growing up like did you have do you have you have a brother right Mm-hmm. yeah older brother yeah, so it was my mom, my dad, my older brother, and myself, and um, we lived in the country. We lived on like 15 acres of land in this small farm community in Wisconsin. Um, and um, yeah, like we were a close family. Like, you know, I mean, we like any family. We had our we had our issues. We had our struggles. Yeah. My dad worked. Um, a lot like he worked in management at um, a hospital he was the I think like the operations manager of the medical imaging department at a hospital in Madison Wisconsin and then my mom was when we were younger she worked at um, in the operating room at a hospital but as we started like I would say probably starting elementary school for me like she was just that's when she was always like in and out of jobs, like yeah. serving um, grocery store. I don't know, just, I don't know, bakery. I don't even know where she all worked, but like all these different jobs and couldn't really keep them. And I think that's when her struggles got really bad. Um, and then we never talked about it as a family. It was never a conversation. It was always like, oh, mom's acting a little funny today. Yeah. Um, is your Is your family not a very emotional family like sense of my family's not either no so like I I always I kind of wonder but like even my dad will still even say things to me I think about well you don't have to share everything you know (laughs) yeah it's funny oh sorry you keep going no go ahead go ahead oh I was just gonna say it's funny because like my family is not like when we my when my family gets together like you know you know my immediate family my parents and my brothers and my little sister, if she comes around, which is rare. Um, when we are all around, you know, like my two sister-in-laws, we we drink, we have fun, we laugh, we just make the same stupid jokes we've always made. We don't really get into heavy shit, but it feels like every, like, 
three or four years, it's like builds up and builds up and then it just explodes and there's like a big cry fest and then there's like all this emotion. It's like, where the fuck did this come from? Yeah. <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I can kind of relate, but my family doesn't drink. We, we've never drank together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we don't, we don't talk about those things. We never talked about my mom's struggles, really, not much at all just maybe like oh if you find her bottle of wine just dump it out you know yeah. it was never like this is a problem this is like impacting us this is like causing stress you know none of that ever so um and then my brother is very he's very smart he's very driven um he went to university of wisconsin madison mm -hmm. and then he went to law school in at valparaiso in indiana um and he's a lawyer and then he got married and um he has two kids so and he's he's doing great he's the small town lawyer in my hometown and oh, um cute. yeah it's just um I guess your your standard like <laughs> you know looks like a successful happy family but you know we definitely had some struggles and yeah. um I I just made the the decision that when I realized I had to get sober I I was just like, I'm not treating this the same way we treated mom's alcoholism because that, I think that, that is what caused a lot of like anxiety yeah. and depression. Because you kind of in that sense, maybe I'm not wording this right, but if the more open you are about it, the more support you're going to get from people. Whereas it sounds, it sounds like maybe she wasn't super open about it and didn't get a lot of support because it was kind of swept under the rug. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, yes and no. I mean, I think, she, I think she had gone to rehab multiple times, but like, I don't know if it was always just her. I think like even just, I think the entire family's to fault. Like, I think yeah. like none of us talked about it. Not any, not any single one of us. So I think we're all to blame. Like, it's not, I think my mom, maybe, maybe she needed more support. Maybe we should have been open to talking to her more. Like, I've just noticed that now when I'm in recovery and I talk about it, like I'm, I'm forced to feel my feelings Yeah. and for God's sakes, feeling your feelings is the most liberating thing because you're able to like feel it and know what it feels like and then release it and then understand that this particular experience or scenario or whatever it might be, this is what this feels like. Wow. I know what this feels like instead of like, Oh, I don't want to feel that. So I'm just going to numb it and then avoid it. And then, and then everything just builds up and builds up. But when you feel it, then you get rid of it. And it's like, okay, like that served a purpose. Now let's, now let's find the good in that. Let's find, I don't know. Yeah. It's just like, I'm not, I'm not that person. I'm not going to be that person. That's not going to talk about it. Like I want to fucking talk about it. Because I want to, I want to be better, so that the people that I'm surrounded by are better, and then those people can surround other people to be better, and then, you know, just let's increase the the vibration in all of us. Yeah, absolutely. It's like what I said earlier. Like when you shine, everyone shines. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, has do you find that your uh, do you find I mean, obviously things have changed since your mother passed, but do you find your family is a little bit more in tune with each other since that happened? Um, do you find you share things more? Um, I talk to my dad a lot more in depth um, about things, and but I, I still notice the same 
type like he listens and he'll offer he definitely offers feedback and he's gotten a lot warmer over the years like I've told him a few things that I didn't think he would receive super well and he did so I really admire that um but there are still times where I can tell that he probably doesn't always want to talk about it but yeah I mean overall we talk about yeah stuff that I I I share my feelings with my dad and I'm about to spend like two weeks with my dad after I finish the trail coming up and like we're I'm gonna we're gonna talk you know as far as my my brother goes like he's married and has two kids and he's the small town lawyer and I just think it's it's I think he's just busy you know yeah (laughs) I wish I you know some days I really wish I had a closer relationship with him um but I think he's busy and and I'm not I'm not super intentional about it and I I wish I was and I know that like usually it's just like I just want to FaceTime with my nieces like I don't even yeah and that's not fair you know so anyway I'm gonna see them next weekend and I'm my my dad's gonna be out of town, but my brother and sister-in-law, and my nieces will be there, and I'm actually just really excited to just have some time with them. That is nice. Yeah. I, I as I get older, I I like my family so much more. I think so too. Like every time I see every time I see my parents and like hang out with my brothers, I like I'm like God. I come from. I have a really fucking good family. Like I, it's not that I ever thought I didn't, but I think. It was kind of like, you know, there's a lot of things I had to work through. Um, uh, You know, like, I think there's between certain family members, there's been um, not as great as connections. Uh, And, you know, that goes for all of us, you know, um, even though there's six of us. But, yeah, the more and more I see them, the more I, like, need them and, like, want them around and, like, I feel like I need my parents more uh, emotionally now than I did when I was like 15. Well, because you're, you're a little bit more emotionally intelligent now, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. But it's funny how that changes, you know, like I, but like, I wish I could go back and tell my like childhood self, like ask your parents for advice because they'll give it and they'll love you no matter what. Yeah. Um, You know, like I wish I knew that as a kid, like I knew they loved me, but. I was, you know, was also working through like being gay and like being closeted. And that's, I mean, that's a fucking scary thing to come out about, um, especially as a kid, you know, I was 16 when I came out. So, uh, yeah. So now, so like it was when I decided, you know, I'm going sober, it was so easy to just call my mom and tell her like, you know, she was just like, awesome. Like, good. We want the best for you. And like, you just let us know what you need and we'll support you no matter what. And yeah, they're the, they're great. My parents are awesome. Like they, I have no doubt in my mind that they would, they would literally do anything for me. Yeah. It, it, it can be like with my mom, it's really easy to be emotional and like say things. My dad's a little bit harder. Like my, my dad's the kind of guy, like every like year or two, he'll like surprise you and get really emotional about something. You're like, what the fuck where did that come from? You know, <laughs> but it's, not usually it's very rare um but it but like you it's usually a good time like it's not something stupid it's always something like yeah you should be emotional about this um it's i i like it though it's endearing and my dad my dad's very sweet good i i've i've noticed that like i'm drawn to people that are more emotional like i just 
those are the people I connect with most with in life are those people because I I want I want to feel feelings with people like I don't I don't think it's fair to to just act like everything's okay if it's not you know or or vice versa like even if like something's like really great and you're just like yeah that's cool (laughs) like no no that's really fucking cool like that's way cool like let's feel this (laughs) celebrate me (laughs) yeah i love emotions (laughs) um all right well on that note we're gonna get a little bit heavy here you ready yeah brace yourself in that closet there (laughs) okay it's getting hot in here Oh, please don't pass out. I won't, I won't, I won't. Okay, you can totally come out of the closet if you need. I've done it. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, so you're gearing up to finish your hike. You had, what, 180 miles left of the trail? Yeah, yeah, I guess technically you would have said I was. I would have, fin- I would have gotten off at Stevens Pass. Okay. And you're getting back on at Snoqualmie, which is before Stevens, right? Correct. Is that? Yeah, okay. So you're getting back at Snoqualmie. You'll have about a, a little over 200 miles to the terminus, correct? Yes, that's correct. Cool. Um, can you, do you remember, like, I mean, I know you probably remember it pretty vividly, like the day you found out your mom passed. How, that's a, you don't have much service through there. So how did, I mean, how did you even find out that day? Yeah, so I um, woke up at camp, I think we were like 36, maybe hiking miles from actually from Stevens Pass, woke up, it was like, it had been raining like for two days. Um, And at night, okay, so like, that was like the first night that I was absolutely miserable too, because um, my tent didn't dry from the night before. So like putting the tent up and like getting inside of the tent, like everything was just wet and just awful and not yeah. comfortable, you know? <laughs> um, and I woke up and so that every night I would, I had a Garmin inReach um, with the unlimited texting plan on it. Cause that's what my dad wanted. And I'm so grateful for that now. Um, and so every night, I would get to camp. I would always send a um, text through the inReach to my parents and tell mm-hmm. them that I was at camp. Um, and sometimes I would tell them like a highlight of the day or what mile marker I was at or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and usually my mom was the one to reply. Um, but like you could, I could usually always tell if it was my mom or my dad. Anyway, mm-hmm. I sent an inReach message that night before and the night before that. So two nights prior and I hadn't heard back from them and that was very strange, but I just like, I didn't actually have any intuition of any kind until, I mean, it was that night. I was just like, this is really strange, but maybe I'll get the messages when I wake up. Cause sometimes my mom would always stay up super late at night. And like, sometimes she would just like text, uh-huh. you know, like she wouldn't go to bed sometimes until like three or four in the morning. She just didn't sleep very well. Anyway. So the next morning, that morning, it was September 11th. I I always turned my inReach off at night. I woke up and I had, I just had like multiple messages coming through. Um, but from, I didn't from turn your the, dad or from multiple people. From my brother, from my sister-in-law, and from my dad. But my dad was always texting was because my dad had a flip phone, so he was always texting from my mom's phone. Gotcha. Um, 
but I didn't turn the inReach on right away. Like I, I, I turned it on like maybe quarter of a mile into my morning, you know, okay. like I, I had packed up my gear, all that stuff and started walking and then turned it on. And, and by that time, like I was hiking with hiker box and icebreaker and they yeah, had, uh-huh. yeah, they had taken off and they're, you know, they're fast hikers. You hiked around them. Yeah, um, so they took off and I was just probably going to meet them for lunch. Um, and then I got all these messages and I was totally alone, totally alone. And all these messages are like, um, Pep, can you call home as soon as possible? Pep, call home. Are you, are you able to get to a phone? And then I like, finally, I think I, my dad was like, Pep, mom is sick. You need to call home. Oh, no. And, and, um, finally, like I was just, I, I was like in panic mode. No one was around. It was like rainy, cloudy. It was miserable. And finally I like messaged back and I was like, dad, you got to tell me what's going on. Like I don't have cell service. I'm 30. I'm like 30 ish hiking miles from the nearest town. Um, like what, what's going on? And like, he's like, are you with any other hikers? And he knows my anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> so he did not want me to be alone. Um, and I was like, dad, you have to tell me what's going on. Like, you have to tell me like I'm by myself, but I'm losing it. You know, I'm yeah. just like, I'm in just like this, I'm walking, but I'm not walking. I'm like, do I keep walking? What the fuck is going on? And finally I get this like two or three page text. Cause they come in differently, obviously on the inReach. Um, I get it from, and I have the app on my phone so I can open these messages on my cell phone. It's oh, connected. Yeah. yeah. Um, so finally I get this like two to three page text from my sister-in-law and she just tells me that, um, my mom went in with stomach pain and she, um, had endured a cardiac arrest. Um, and they like eventually brought her back, you know, they like mm-hmm. resuscitated her, but she wasn't conscious and she wasn't going to be like, her heart wasn't strong enough. Oh, man. And so what they were telling me was that she's not with us anymore. She's, or she's with us. She's still with us, but she's not going to be with us in a few hours. Gotcha. Okay. So I have to call or text and say goodbye. It's basically what they're trying to tell me to do. Were you able to do that? So, um, I was like at the base of like, a, we, we were about to do a climb and I don't even at this point, I don't even remember how much I had to climb, but I think it was two miles as far as distance goes. And at that time, um, people had come up, um, oh, and by that time, actually I was on the side of this mountain. And at that point that I actually got the, the final text from, um, my sister-in-law about my mom, I was with this girl, home girl, and then, um, butcher at this time. And I just, I was like on the side of this mountain and I just, butcher with the long hair. Yeah. yeah, Oh yeah. yeah. I think I met home girl too. You probably did. Yeah. Um, Okay. She hiked around like spits and Goldie for a while. Yeah. I know who she is. Okay. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I like just screamed on the side of this mountain and she like walked up to me. She's like, do you want do you, do you want a hug? She's like, I, I, I know 
I don't like to be touched when stuff like this happens, but do you want a hug? And I was like, yes, I want a hug. And I just like embraced her. And, and then eventually, um, did you ever meet Captain America? Who's Butcher's brother? Yeah. I met both of them. Yeah. He came up and we had the day before he and I had hiked several miles together and just like had a, had a heart to heart conversation. You know how those go on trail. Yeah. And, um, that guy, God, he just was like a saint that day. Um, so eventually we climbed, we were at this like little base and then we climbed a little bit more. None of us had cell service. And I was like, I'm not going to text my goodbyes to my mom. So we climbed a few more miles up and, um, some guy I had never seen before. I don't even know who he is. He had one bar of cell service and I was able to call. And then my dad, my dad told me the whole story of like what happened. Um, and then he, he said, she's with us, um, for now, but she's on a few of these heart medications and eventually her heart will just stop. Um, he said, so, you know, do you want to say your goodbyes? Did you? And I was like, I was like, no, I don't want to say my goodbyes. Yeah. But yeah, I did. And he's like, he's like, I'll hold the phone up to her ear. Yeah. It's like, what do you even say? Yeah, I don't just like I, I love you and I love you and thank you for everything that you've done for me and I wish I was there to hold you and kiss you and fuck, I miss her. Uh, oh man, and then so from there you had to uh you had to get to a road correct yeah so um i at that point met um i was talking to captain america and homegirl and butcher and they're like well we'll hike in through the night with you to get to town and i was like okay thanks guys and um so you wait the 36 miles yeah so then we started hiking down and we ran into these like women um who had day packs on this is like the most bizarre situation, Twerk. I yeah. still don't I still don't understand it. And these women gave us a map and they told us of this side trail that would cut eleven miles off. Oh shit. Um, but they like they clearly hiked in and day hiked from somewhere. Like there was somewhere a dirt road had to have been, but they didn't offer a ride in any way, shape or form, even though they knew what happened. And it's okay. Like, it's okay. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm like to this day, I think about it and I'm like, so bad. What are their because... names? I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know, dude. I don't even I know. know, but they, and like, maybe I, I try to think about it. Like maybe they were, maybe they did find some dirt road but it was like a very remote dirt road and maybe they're they like were going in a complete opposite direction from sky comish which is where i ended up going into but i'm just like they did they were clearly not backpacking and i thought we were so so remote that i was like where did these people they came from somewhere they're not just you know what i mean like but anyway they showed us the map to this side trail that cut 11 miles off and like that was like that was Oh my God. It was like not only super rainy and wet and gloomy that day, but that trail was pretty gnarly. Like it was like steep down, steep up, like it was slippery. And the whole time that we're walking these, uh, these like 
10 miles or whatever it is, 11 miles, I'm thinking how spoiled we were on the PCT. Like that trail yeah. <laughs> is so well maintained and so well kept and just so, wow. Like, thank you, PCTA. Like, oh my God. Like, it's never too steep. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, it's never like too like there was like no there was a lot of a little bit of bushwhacking. I was like, wow, I we were spoiled. This is nice to experience. Yeah. Yeah, how how strange too that because between that section, I don't remember having any service whatsoever. So how weird that someone had like a bar of service. Mm-hmm. I know, right? I didn't have it. I didn't have cell service. Yeah, I didn't have. I didn't have. I mean, and I feel like with Verizon, you have service everywhere. And believe you and me, I check my phone every fucking minute on trails. <laughs> like I, when I come to a top of a climb, I'm like, ooh, is there service? You know, like... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Any, any dick pics coming in? You know, like. How <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. uh, <laughs> are you though? <laughs> wishes. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think. Yeah, I'm still, I'm definitely still primed. I will, I'm going to relive it, dude. I'm going to relive it. Well, you're going to have to, you're going to have to walk past that spot, right? Yeah, exactly. And I, I think it's scary to do that. And I'm very scared to do that. And I don't know if I'm ready to do that. Like I think about it. Um, I'm actually really surprised how like emotionally stable I am during this interview right now to work. Like it's been a whirlwind these last couple Well, I feel years. like you've, I mean, you've already, you've, talked about this so much as well which that's true sorry I, I'm like sorry to pry you about it again no it's okay I, I, I think, think it's I just think it's part of the process know. though like this is how I heal like I need yeah, to, I absolutely. need to talk about it and I think walking over those miles again is also part of the process it's part of this grieving process and and allowing myself to I guess I don't know stand by I'll, I'll report back but it's just like I went out to the trail to heal myself from all the other traumas and, and, and struggles that I had dealt with and my demons and yeah. my anxieties, my insecurities. And now this was just an added piece to the, to the challenge, to the, to the struggle. Yeah. And I'm still going to go back out there to, to, to heal like that was my purpose and that's good always going to be my purpose I just want to be better every day I want to be my best self yeah so yeah uh yeah no I yeah no <laughs> no I think um yeah obviously like I mean you did that that interview on backpacker and everyone was just like floored about I think it's not just just your story like the, the story but the way you tell your story um is really just really open and honest and um it even if people can't relate to it you know uh you you relate in a way that uh you know feels uh relatable in a sense i guess and so yeah so that's why i mean obviously i before i was like oh podcast gotta have wheeze on you know she'll have some good shit to say <laughs> <laughs> yes i'm doing my best i'm doing my best no it's great i love talking to you obviously um so obviously it's going to be hard to walk through that section you know um 
not just because you're finishing, but because of, you know, the, that's where, you know, you lost your mom. But uh, do you think, you know, actually, you know, finishing the trail finally, do you think there's going to be some sort of clarity at the end? Do you feel like, you know, at six months after it's said and done, like, do you feel like that's going to be a big part of the process of everything? Yeah, absolutely. I do. Um, I even feel like I've gained a lot of clarity since being off the trail and grieving her and coping with even the loss of the trail. Um, so I think there's just going to be more clarity. I don't think it's going to happen immediately. No, I think (laughs) it, no, it never does. And I think that's, what's the beautiful part is just like, I'm already starting to feel it. I've already been starting to feel it in the last like two and a half, three weeks. Mm -hmm. I have been feeling it. Like I, I think about it. I, I get goosebumps. I cry. I write. I, I just, yeah. So I think more will come. Um, but I, and I'm curious, like, it'll be interesting to see what, what is kind of that turning point. But, um, in addition to finishing the trail, like I am traveling with my dad after the trail and my dad and I are going to Banff and Jasper. And that was the original plan. Like the original plan was I was going to walk into Manning Park and my mom and my dad were going to be there. They already had all the travel accommodations and I was going to embrace them. And then the three of us were going to go to Banff and Jasper. Um, so my dad and I are still going to go to Banff and Jasper. And then we're going to fly from Calgary and my dad is going to take me on the fishing trip that he always took my mom on. Oh, so like awesome. this whole thing is like a huge tribute and memorial in a sense for my mom but it's also like for my dad and I um to to grieve and to have some bonding time yeah to process all of this and I just I don't think it could be any more beautiful like I'm just so honored to have a dad the dad that I do like just I am I'm just so lucky that he accepts he accepts all of me and he didn't always accept all of me like it wasn't like he did always accept all of me, but I think it was hard for him to watch yeah. his daughter go through what she was going through. So, <laughs> yeah, so I'm just excited to, to feel everything, but it's, God, it's going to be heavy, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be so heavy. Um, but I, I do, I have to. I have to acknowledge and recognize this community of people. Um, the hiking community, I've never, I've, I hate to say this, um, but I, I feel like I've never really been in a, in a place in my life where I didn't feel like I didn't belong, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that was the bully in me that I always just made sure that I belonged somewhere. But like, oh, I don't know how to say that properly, but. Um, I've never, but I always, because of that, because of how I was as a child and growing up into my addiction, I also never allowed myself to be who I could be. Like, I feel like I was always just being something that I was supposed to be or expected to be, or I was hiding from anything that I really was. So like the things that I really was, was I, 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 
I had a lot of demons. I had a lot of anxiety, but I didn't want to ever show that. So because of that, I would bully people or I would make sure that I belonged in certain places. I would just put myself there and be like, yep, I'm going to make this work. And if it doesn't work, then I'm going to reflect my problems onto other people and make them feel bad. Yeah. Um, so like I never, I, I don't know, but then going to this hiking community, I am, and that was my intention was just to be okay with who I was, be okay with the struggles that I've endured in my entire life, my whole life from when I was a child to, uh, up until that point. And I got out there and that was, I thought it was going to just be me on my own <laughs> with my thoughts and my fears, but it wasn't dude. It was like me and every other hiker with their thoughts and their fears and their anxieties and their struggles and their pains yeah. and, and me too. And it was like, who the fuck are these people? They're yeah. the most like <laughs> raw and beautiful human beings I have ever fucking met. And like, I just feel like I'm, I'm thriving. I'm not only thriving in this community of people and feel so safe and just so like happy and just so grateful. But I feel like everyone around me is thriving in their own way. Like the, like everyone's like vibrational frequency is at a, is at a higher level and it just feels so good just to be, but then to, to understand that we all like, we all have our, we all have our, our struggles. Like yeah. there's always something and no one's alone and it just feels so good. I just feel so good. <laughs> yeah. I, we had a big conversation about that as well with, <clears throat> with heaps. Um, just that sense of belonging on trail that, it's kind of hard to replicate in real life. Um, and, you know, I was someone who never really fit in. I was always, you know, different or considered different amongst the other kids. Um, so, to and even, like, growing up, like, going, you know, being 21 and 22 and living in San Francisco, finally feeling like I was accepted amongst, you know, like, you know, uh, the gay community was, like, it was really fun, but then I realized, like, oh, wow, these aren't, like, actually my peeps. Like, I don't, like, I don't know if you know much about gay culture, but we tend to uh, separate ourselves even within, like, this small community. You know, there's, um, you know, we, especially w within gay men, it's like you're either, like, feminine or you're, like, masculine or you're, like, a jock or you're a twink or a bear. And a lot of men tend to, you know, surround themselves with men that look like themselves, which is very strange to me, um, which I can't, which I came to realize as an adult. And that's why I don't, I don't really have a lot of gay friends or at least don't like to date people or be friends with people that are only in that community because there's a lot of judgment there. And uh, I don't like, I've done that since I was a kid and so to go and hike the trail which for me you know I'm the laziest piece of shit that's ever existed I fucking hate working out so for me to like say that I did a through hike is still I don't believe myself um but then you get out there and it's so hard and it's like you know and it's just like it's just such a crazy endeavor to think about like I think I'll never ever process it but then you're around all these people from all different walks of life and 
you I just I've never felt so like seen and noticed and like felt like people people just like genuinely gave a shit about who I was um and it's so weird to experience that because we you know I think even especially like you're newly 30 as well you turned 30 last year right right on trail um I'm yeah and I'm 31 we I feel like I you know I spent so much of my 20s uh with I mean, like, so many of my friends in my 20s I'm not even friends with anymore. Like, I have no idea where the fuck they are. And they probably don't even know where I am or give a fuck, you know? Um, and it's so rewarding to, like, go be immersed by and you be around so many different people and feel like every interaction you have is, like, valuable and genuine. Um, so I, I know I sing, I sing the praises of the hiking community as well because, I, I mean, I think it's not just the trail that changed my life, but a lot of the people I've met have changed my life and made me, it's made me look at friendship differently. Um, and what I value in a good friendship as well. Yeah. I think you just did a post about that. Didn't you? Mm. About the gay community. Oh yeah. Yeah. I did that. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, I was conflicted if I wanted to go to gay pride or not. Like it, like I almost feel like a bad gay man for not going to a gay pride. I haven't been to one in years. But it's just, but it's always the same thing. It's just a big drunk fest uh, who, like, you know, how many dudes can you hook up with? And I don't know. I just, I think there might be a better way to celebrate it. And, but I don't know. I just, it doesn't uh, pertain to me anymore, my lifestyle at least. Yeah, I admire that about you. Um I think generally speaking in life, like I feel like we all go through our seasons of life. Um, but like, I think it's really admirable for someone to acknowledge something that isn't like serving a purpose for them anymore. Um, or just like under understanding that there's certain people or there are certain communities that aren't benefiting you. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's a hard thing to do because especially if it's something that you've identified with your entire life, or even if you've identified with a just most recently, but passionately, you know, it's like, but then you're all of a sudden like, nope, I'm not going to do that. That just doesn't work for me. It's not serving me. And then you do sometimes get a sense of judgment from people, or it's just like, to me, I feel like it's, it's like grieving something. You're, you're letting go of something that you've known well. Yeah. I yeah. I don't know. I just feel like, through my life and changes, you know, I've changed friendships. I have new, new and different friendships now. Um, and same thing with like my lifestyle, my lifestyle has changed and like just changing that. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to do, but yeah, it's admirable. I think when you understand and recognize something that's not working anymore or just yeah. not benefiting you, I guess. Yeah. I think a lot of our decisions too are based off what other people think. Um, and it, it, I think that's why certain lifestyle changes are hard because you're like, Oh God, what are people going to think? And then, and then it's like, why the fuck do I care? Like I, cause it should always be how you feel about yourself. That should always be the goal is what you, what do I think about me? Okay. I don't like, I don't like me because I drink too much. Change it. You know, I don't like, I don't like that. I'm complacent in this job. Or 
you know, in where I am at in life, go hike a trail, change it, you know? Um, so I think, I think honestly, two years ago, I, I mean, two years ago, I would have never, ever had the strength to go sober. And that's why I didn't. But I think after, you know, thinking about like, cool, I like, you know, hiked almost 2,700 miles. I could stop drinking. Like I could, I could give two fucks if people care about that or not. And if they do, who needs them? We don't have time for that. Yeah. I told you that. I, I told you that the other day. Um, like, shit. <laughs> I just lost that. <laughs> I just lost my trail of thought, dude. <laughs> what the hell was I going to say? No, it's okay. We've been talking for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I think the fumes in that closet are starting to get to your head. <laughs> no this is really good um um that's it i'll ask i'll ask a next question and then we'll wrap up here soon but what um after the trail and what what do you want to accomplish next what's what's the next big thing for you do you think yeah that's a really great question um i know i'm pretty good at asking no, i'm just joking <laughs> honestly i want to write a book Um, yeah, I just want to, I just want to do it. I just, I got a lot to say, man. I got a lot to say. I, and I just want to say it, I guess. And Uh, I feel really good. Consider public speaking. I had not actually, but somebody said that to me and I was like, I don't know. I, I, I get quite anxious and I do lose my trail of thought, and I think I repeat myself a lot. But well, you just make make an outline. That's what I do. I love public speaking, but I think you would be a really great public speaker, especially because you're someone that you say you're anxious about it. People would see that you're genuine. You know, that's true. You don't have an agenda. You're just out there to tell your story, and hopefully, people gain something from it. Yeah, maybe I would. I guess I hadn't really ever given it a solid thought, um, but. Maybe I would. I think, I think the goal, I mean, I, I want to keep hiking. I, I honestly, like, just, I just climbed a mountain the other day, and, like, it was only a day hike, but, like, in those, in that moment of just being out there for six, seven hours that I was out there, I just, I feel so different. I just feel so good and so alive. Yeah. Um, so I'll probably keep hiking. Um, I do have an eye on a trail, but I don't, I don't know yet. It's probably in the three-year plan. I don't really want to say what it is yet. Okay. okay. <laughs> and, but I, the, the next goal is to get a van. To get a van, live out of the van, write a book. Awesome. I think you should. I really think you should. Yeah. Thanks, Twerk. You're welcome. <laughs> well, is there anything else we didn't cover <laughs> that you want do you, do you want to add or? Um, no. Do you want to? No, I don't think so. Do you want to check back in with me after the trail? <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely will. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens for you afterward. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it no, tremendously. I appreciate you. So okay, well, this isn't about me, so I appreciate you. <laughs> but I don't want it to be about me, just me. <laughs> oh, we'll see. Uh, 
Um, awesome. Well, uh, hopefully I'll be seeing you to do some trail magic in August. Because uh, you start August 2nd, right? Yep, August 2nd from Snoqualmie. Cool, cool. Well, yeah, I'm going to try to get my ass up there and see, uh, give you a big hug and root you on. Maybe I'll wear a cheerleading outfit. We'll see. Oh, I would love that. Short skirt, no undies. Oh, my God. You'll probably be on, I mean, you'll probably be on film. We'll video this. Okay, sounds great. Okay, I'm, I'm going to look into cheerleading outfits on Amazon. Um, I'll show up with the LaCroix. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I love you to pieces and obviously always enjoy talking to you. Yeah, me too. Thanks. All right. We'll talk soon. Okay. 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 Love you. Okay. Love you. Bye. Bye. All right. Thanks so much for listening to you guys. Um, that was my friend, Stephanie Lorenz, AKA Weezer. If you guys want to watch her finish up her 200 miles of the PCT, you can go follow her on Instagram. Uh, and that is at Steph Lotus underscore. Um, I definitely go check out her page. She she likes to like hike and like climb mountains and shit. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, go go uh, give her a follow. Um, maybe even send her a little message if you like the episode and uh, give her a little encouragement to get her ass to that Canadian border, okay? Um, also, got to say a big thank you to my friend Brennan Justice and his band, Aunt Cynthia's Cabin. They do our intro-outro music, and that song is called Solitary Man. You can find them on iTunes and Spotify. Um, definitely go uh, give them some listen, give them some support. Uh, very talented people. Um, so thank you guys so much. If you want to follow them and hear more of their music, their Instagram is at and Cynthia's cabin. So thanks to those guys once again, and thank you all for uh, giving a listen. Um, if you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you don't like it, maybe don't leave a review. Just send me a DM. I might ignore it, but um, if it's constructive, maybe I'll respond. Anyway, uh, thanks so much, and have a lovely rest of your day. Happy.